Lord Jesus, we thank you uh, for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your cross. And, and Lord, we thank you for intimate times of worship like that where we can come close to you and be healed and be renewed. And Father, we also pray that we would uh, worship you through your, your, your spoken word. Lord, it says in John 10 that the, the shepherd comes through the gate. The gate is the word. There's no other way around. You, you only speak through your word, validated by your word. And Lord, we, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. We pray, God, that our hearts would be illuminated, restored, healed, transformed at the preaching of your glorious gospel. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks um, dealing with some heart issues in, in some of the sermons that I'm going to uh, give. And uh, here's the thing is the Lord is doing something incredible here, isn't he? Uh, on Sunday mornings when you show up, you're going to encounter God whether you're ready or not. That's just what the Lord is doing. Uh, and that's wonderful and it's glorious. And, and you know, I'll, I'll never know how to say thank you to God enough for what he's done here in this body. It's just, it's unbelievable. But at the same time, I know that we're headed somewhere, that God is not just, that's uh, just, we're not going to stay stagnant where we are. So I don't know how to explain this to you, but what you experienced this morning in worship is not an end ends to itself. And like, how could it be more glorious than that? I don't know. I'm not God. I don't, I'm not going to write the future out, but he's going to do something more than we could hope or ask for. That's what he says in his word. Amen. And so we have to prepare ourselves. And the way we prepare ourselves is not being more emotional or more enthusiastic. Emotions and enthusiasm is good, okay? So I want you to shout. I want you to dance. I love there's a thousand flags waving back and forth. It's amazing. I love it. But we have to deal with the issues of our heart if we want to continue to move forward in what God has called us to, okay? You're only going to stop where you stop fighting for your heart. God is going to take you as far as, as you are willing to fight for where he's called you to go. You, I know this is going to sound odd, but you, you are in control of your destiny in God. Okay, he's already written. Your, your, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It's finished. It's done. You've got eternity to look forward to. God is going to do everything you want him to do in your life. But it looks like you fighting with the issues in your heart that keep you from moving forward in his plan. That's exciting. Okay, so this last week, uh, I went to like this event at a mega church. I'm not going to say which one. And I walked through the doors. And... The building is amazing, just incredible, finished from top to bottom, no uh, exposed framing anywhere, no wires hanging down from the ceiling, you know, just to the nines, beautiful, beautiful building. And as I walked in and saw that in my head, I thought, man, I, I'm going to have to wrestle with some jealousy over this. I'm just human, right? I'm the same as you. It's like when I see something better than what I have, I get a little bit jealous. And so I'm looking around at this building, coffee bar, uh, beautiful children's playground, all this great stuff that I wish sometimes that we had here. Just being honest, right? And I see it, and I'm thinking I'm going to have to fight through the jealousy. But instead, the Holy Spirit gives me like this deep inner welling 
of thankfulness for what God was doing in that place. That was not what I expected. <laughs> it's not what I expected. So we go through the event, great event, leaving. And as I'm leaving, someone asked me who was with me, they said, do you think our church will ever look like that? <laughs> and I'm, you know, again, I'm just preparing myself because this is, I'm just a human being. Like, I deal with things like this the same way other people deal with it. I, like, I want to make an excuse for why I don't have what somebody else has in God, right? But I didn't do that. And again, I'm shocked just as much as you might be to hear this. I didn't do that. I said, you know what? I think God just showed us what he can do with our 24,000 square feet if we keep following him. And that kind of humbled me a little bit because I think a couple of years ago, I would have said something along the lines of like, well, they've got the stuff and like the cool factor, but we've got the Holy Spirit and the anointing. And that sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds like really, like, okay, yeah, I could buy into that. And I could sell that to you, and we could all, like, buy into this idea that we've got something better that they have to cover the fact that we're jealous of what they have. But then we're just all being led by a spirit of jealousy. Right? That convicted me. It really did. And I'm thankful I didn't fall into the same trap I may have fell into in years past. But I wanted to expose that because I think oftentimes in church circles, we avoid this, this thing called jealousy in our hearts where we make God-sounding excuses for why we don't have what somebody else has in God in order to protect ourselves from being exposed by this agenda of jealousy within our hearts. <laughs> See, jealousy is a, is a, a motivator and an influencer, Jealousy moves you to where you think you want to go. It, it gets you to do things. It shapes the way you think. It, it engages with the relationships around you. It actually influences you at a subconscious level. And it's your responsibility to break the agreements that you have with the spirit of jealousy so that you can move into what God has purposed for your life. I'm, I'm excited. that This, for me, was like I just hurdled the last hurdle in like running the race against or breaking out of the spirit of jealousy. It's not always been like that for me. Like it's hard. It used to be really hard for me to celebrate what God was doing in a different place that I wasn't involved in. I used to have to make up excuses for why I wasn't experiencing what God was doing there because I was afraid of what I felt like I was lacking here. I just want, want you to think about, ponder about that for a second. See, God is doing something unique and powerful here. No doubt about it. No doubt. I'd give my life time and time again for what God is doing here. I, I, I am not saying that what we're experiencing now isn't great. It's amazing. It's amazing. But if I can't celebrate what God is doing somewhere else with a different people in a different location... Maybe I'm not really celebrating what God is doing here. I'm just celebrating that it's me he's doing it to. I've got a selfish perspective, possibly, on the sovereignty of God. <laughs> okay. 
This is, what I, this is like the, if, if I could tattoo what I'm going to say for the next however many minutes. Jealousy leads us away from our purpose and identity in God. Okay? Je- that's awesome. <laughs> so good. <laughs> moving on up, moving on up. Uh, yeah, jealousy leads us away from our purpose and our identity in God. Jealousy is actually the fear. It's the fear that God won't fulfill the need and desires that are within our hearts. I know this is kind of, this is going to be like a theological stretch, but it's a connection, I promise you. Eve was motivated by the fear that God was not able to fulfill something that she had in her heart. Okay? Jealousy led her away from God's will. The lust for something outside of what God had provided led her away from God's will. See, this is what jealousy does. It, it presents this concept that you don't have something because God is withholding something from your life that you need. And so for, in order for you to obtain that thing that you think you need, you have to usurp his authority and go get it for yourself. Are you with me? This is what jealousy is. It's actually rebellion from the provision and sovereignty of God in your life. <laughs> so when I see something on somebody else that I don't have, I, and I say to myself, man, I've got to have that, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it, what I'm actually saying is I'm going to usurp God's provision for my life, I'm going to step out of what he's ordained to provide for my life, and I'm going to search for it in my own will, in my own power, somewhere other than where I'm called. See, jealousy is dangerous. And it's so subtle. I, I, you know, you say the word jealousy, and people are like, I don't struggle with that. I don't struggle with that. I'm great. I'm free. No, no, no. It's hidden in all of us. It's hidden in all of us. And if you don't address it, it actually begins to, 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 to walk you outside of what you're called to. Go to James 3, verse 13. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it. By living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are unearthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Verse 16. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition... There you will find disorder and evil of every kind. That's a really profound statement. It really is. Okay, so obviously our partnerships with jealousy is actually us living in dishonor, living outside of wisdom. But what I want you to, to hear is that jealousy is actually a doorway for demonic motivation in your life. <laughs> for where there is jealousy... And selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. 
So what that means is where you partner with jealousy is where you make a doorway for the demonic to motivate how you make your day-to-day choices. Oh, good word. Okay. Yep. (laughs) That's good. That's good. So I might be giving access to demonic through my my hidden jealousies. What does does that mean? Like, how, how do I know what? Yeah, when you give access to jealousy, you give access to demonic motivation. (laughs) And again, jealousy leads us away from what we are created for and into the focus and into the sickness of being focused on what we don't have. Proverbs 14, verse 30. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like a cancer in the bones. That's pretty black and white. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like a cancer in the bones. People don't really understand this, but oftentimes there's a lot of crossover between physical healing and inner healing. We don't, we don't want to tend to, to admit it sometimes, but oftentimes we bring sickness into our lives by making agreements and partnerships with the demonic. And oftentimes what I find is like I'll be dealing with somebody who has an issue of cancer or an issue of, of pain in their body. And they've gone to every doctor and they've taken every medicine and they've, they've put every dart on the board they know possible. But then when we get into this issue of of bringing healing for unforgiveness or jealousy or bitterness, the thing just leaves. And I don't know necessarily how that works, but I think Proverbs 14 paints a pretty good picture that you actually invite sickness into your body when you make agreements with bitterness and jealousy and unforgiveness. Too much? Too much toe-stepping? It's just the truth. Like, the fact that you can't get along with your sister or your mother or, or like, some part of your family who betrayed you years ago and you've just been angry and unforgiving towards them, and you, you can't just ignore it to get away from it. In fact, there are physical things in your life that are being affected by this that require you clean up this spiritual ailment of your heart so that you can be free and then healed. See, the thing about jealousy is that you have the power to continue its power over your life. So if you're not going to make an an agreement with God to break it off of you, it's just going to continue to allow a demonic force to enter into your life. I'm just being very black and white with you. It's like you don't have time to, to, to wonder why God's not doing something for you that he's doing in somebody else's life. He's got a perfect plan for your life. You need to let go of the idea that he's doing good things for some and not for the other. And, and, and as you let go of that, you actually bring wholeness to your body. You actually bring wholeness to your spirit man. But then also your physical man is rejuvenated because you're not holding on to this poison anymore that is just crippling you from the inside out. 
See, we think we just get far, far away, enough away from these people like that hurt us in the past. And, and okay, I've got enough distance and time. I don't have to deal with it on a day-to-day basis. So therefore, I'm healed of it. No, 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 no. You've just swept the sickness under the rug. You've just swept the brokenness under the rug. And I'm not saying there has to be validation for what's been done to you. Oftentimes, the person that hurts you is never going to understand what you understand. They're just going to continue being stupid for the rest of their life. That's not your problem. But you don't have to participate in the stupid either. But you do have to deal with it. You have to be honest before God and say, you know what? This person way back when left a wound on my heart that's causing a sickness in my body. And I've got to deal with this because I don't have time to be bound up by, by something in the past. So your future in God is not bound up in the past, it's in the future. But you've got to clean your past up in order to see the future. See, and jealousy is is so hard to pinpoint because it feels so good. It's so easy to justify. It's so easy to make up a false spiritual excuse for why somebody else has something you don't. You can condemn them and, and you can exalt yourself. This is actually what, what the, the, or the disciple John did in, in Luke 9. Go to Luke 9, 49 and 50 with me. See, when you're, when you're agreeing with the spirit of jealousy, you're actually partnering with the demonic. Just plain and simple. When you're agreeing with jealousy... You're partnering with a demonic. And this is what John the, the disciples does in, in Luke 9, verse 49 50. John said to Jesus, Master, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he isn't in our group. So crazy. And Jesus was like, yeah, that's right. We don't want anybody on the outside preaching the gospel. That's not how this works. Keep it in. Keep it insulated. Now, in verse 50, he said, don't stop him. Anyone who is not against you is for you. Anyone who is not against you is for you. So let me just kind of like paint this picture for you. John feels justified, doesn't he? He wants to shut down the working of the gospel. And not only does he want to shut down the working of the gospel because he's jealous of these people who are not part of his inner circle, he feels justified in doing it. Think about that. In fact, he's like in, inviting God into his perverted plan for preaching the gospel on the earth. He's like, Jesus, let's, let's get people to stay bound up in demons. <laughs> let's, get, let's get people to continue to suffer under the oppression of demons. Because I don't like that those guys who are not my friends are preaching the gospel apart from me. You see how this works? Jealousy justifies your partnership with the demonic. It gets you to believe that you walking step in step with hell is okay. It gets you to believe that your demonic plan is the plan of God. Jesus goes, no, 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 no. Are you kidding me right now? These guys are setting the captives free. This is exactly why I'm here. Why are you so bugged out that they're not part of your close group of friends? If they're not against you, then they're for you. What a crazy concept. If they're not against you, they're on your team. And John, instead of being weirded out that you're not a part of this and being jealous that you don't get to, to play with their toys, bless them. 
Just bless what God is doing through them. And the same way I bless you to use my name, you bless them to use my name. Because if they're not against you, they're on your side. Hmm. Easier said than done. Amen. <laughs> it takes a lot of getting over yourself. Well, Jesus, it didn't work when I tried to do it my way. It's not fair. <laughs> Why are you healing people with that other person who prayed? Why are you giving the other person the promotion at the job that I wanted? That's not fair. Could you just curse them for me? Could you shut down their life? <laughs> That's what jealousy is. When you're working with a, a spirit of jealousy, you have to curse yourself and the other person you're jealous of. Think about that. When you're jealous, you have to say, God's not going to provide for me according to the desires of my heart. That's a curse upon yourself. You've separated yourself from God's blessing. Jesus went to the cross to finish that. Okay, remember, he's on the cross. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? What that meant is that when he took your curse upon himself, it separated him from the Father so that you would not have to be separated from the Father. So when you say that God can't give you the desire of your heart, what you're saying is you're separated from the Father because Jesus' work on the cross was not enough for your life. You're bringing curse upon yourself. It's a lot of lot in 20 seconds there. But what you're also saying is that because you don't like that person or you don't think they're, they're deserving or that they're worthy of what they have, that they don't deserve the finished work of the cross in their life either. So you have to, to be jealous. You have to first curse yourself. You have to speak a word curse over yourself. And then you have to speak a word curse over somebody else. You're like a walking uh, time bomb for the demonic. When, you, when you're participating with a spirit of jealousy, you are like, uh, uh, you, you know, like my kids will do like, they'll fight in the living room and one of them will try to like jab hook, jab, and the littlest one is just like, ah, like that, just swinging his arms. That's what you're like for the demonic when you're jealous. You're hurting yourself and you're hurting everyone around you. Look, people, let me say it like this. The quickest way to false doctrine and apostate teaching is through an insecure heart that refuses to be healed, okay? People will believe and tell themselves anything to validate how they feel, all right? But what you have to understand is that not dealing with the issue of jealousy is keeping you from being who you're created to be before the Father. It wreaks havoc on God's people. Think of it like this. Joseph was thrown into a pit because his brothers were Jealous. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace because Nebuchadnezzar was jealous of their worship. Daniel was thrown into the lion's pit because his jealous co-workers couldn't get him fired. Jesus was sold and betrayed for 30 pieces of silver because Judas was jealous. The Pharisees were jealous of Jesus, so they crucified him by using the very government they hated themselves. <laughs> I hate the devil, except when I'm jealous. I'm actually empowering him to crucify the people that I'm jealous of. Ugh. 
Nice try, folks. How do we know if we, we have an insecure heart? How do we, how do we know? I'm going to do my Jeff Foxworthy, how do we know if we're a redneck spiel? Got a list. And now we've got somebody else who likes lists who will probably put them on a screen. And that's incredible. So, if you find yourself criticizing or belittling what God is doing with other people or other organizations, you may be a jealous person. <laughs> if you can't celebrate God doing something with someone else's life, if you can't celebrate God doing something with someone else's life that's good or pleasing, you probably have a jealous spirit you need to get rid of. If you get angry or bitter about him blessing someone else with something you don't have, obviously. If you get anxious about people not doing things your way, or how about this? If you get angry at people wanting to improve upon or do something better than what you've already done. That's for me is hard. It's like, I, I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. You haven't been doing it as long as I have. And so I discard somebody bringing a critique that would make what I'm doing better because I'm just afraid. I'm just jealous and, and, and insecure that people may not think I'm the greatest pastor on the planet if somebody else does something good in my atmosphere. I'm just being honest. If you get angry when people succeed where you have not yet succeeded, if you fear that God is not going to fulfill the desires of your heart as you follow him, you might be struggling with the spirit of jealousy. You don't have time to be jealous. Again, you can't step into your identity. And the only way to overcome a jealous spirit is to understand your identity in Christ. Jesus is neither interested or considering trading your calling and purpose for another person's calling or purpose. Therefore, you should not be interested in trading your calling and purpose for another person's calling and purpose. God loves who you are in his family. He enjoys you. You may not enjoy yourself yet, but God enjoys you. And as you learn to, to secure yourself in the reality that God enjoys you and likes you and loves to be around you, you then begin to let go of these jealous ideologies Again, Jesus didn't fight against the Pharisees. He didn't fight against the Roman soldiers when he was being crucified. He never let them diminish who he was. He never said, yeah, you know what, you're right, I'm not the son of God. Totally confused uh, moment there. No, no, he stood in his identity. He knew he, what he was, but he didn't have a desire to prove it to the people who were persecuting him. You understand that? Oftentimes we think if we can just be more angry or, or, or more uh, passionate, then, then the people who are persecuting us will be wore out. It's not true. It's not true. You standing in your identity, identity is the only thing that overcomes the enemy's attack in your life. God didn't shut the mouths of the lion for Daniel, Daniel because Daniel had been doing uh, bicep curls and could like close their mouth and just, gotcha. No, no, no. He stood in his identity as a son of God and the lion's mouths were closed. All right, so these are some points to break the agreements we've made with jealousy. 
So believe that you're made in God's image and have a unique purpose that is only enhanced within the body of Christ. So the concept that you can't be around other people or in other groups because what you have is too important. It will be diminished when you're connected to community is nonsense. Okay, Your purpose, your identity is highlighted when you're connected in community. Okay? Believe that when things are out of, con- even when things are out of control, God is using your circumstances to complete the good work he has started in you. Believe that a, a blessing in someone else's life is an opportunity for you to become jealous for the things of God. So when I see something I don't have that I feel like I might want or, or have a desire for, I don't have to go, man, I wish... I wish God would give me that. No, no, I can get hungry for God. I can get hungry for Jesus. And in that hunger for Jesus, he actually shows me what's possible in relationship with him. So going back to the mega church that has the awesome coffee bar and the finished flooring and no exposed beams, I didn't go in there going, why do they get stuff I don't have? No, no, no. I get to see it and go, God, this is what you can do in my life if I continue to search you. Because as I give you my life, as I search for your kingdom, you fulfill the desires of my heart. You fulfill the desires of my heart. I don't have to like usurp your authority or just be deceitful to other people or, or grind uh, in my own strength. I just need to seek you. And as I seek you, you go, yeah, come on, come a little closer. I want to bless you with more. I want to bless you with more. And then I come closer and you go, yeah, come on, I want to bless you with more. But it starts with me understanding my identity. I don't have to look for validation anywhere else than what God says about my life. And then lastly, choose to celebrate and enjoy what God is doing in relationships around you. Man, if you're a Christian, you should be the biggest cheerleader for other Christians who are prospering in God. Okay? It's easy to point out people's, we can all point out people's faults. Amen? Every single one of us could, could write a list of the faults of people around us. It's not hard to do. In fact, the enemy is like, he's giving us like little whispers all the time. Don't you hate that about that person? Don't you dislike that about that person? It's easy to do. It takes intention to celebrate what God is doing in somebody else. It takes intention to go, you know what, although that person's got a lot of process left, and I'm not sure they totally get it just yet. Do you see what God's doing in their life? Do you see how he's grabbed them and and taken them out of this and put them in that? Can you believe what God is doing in that person? That takes intention. That takes the, the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, let, let's, let's do some work. Stand up, we're going to pray. And probably some music would be good. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come right now, that you would show us any part of our heart that's been bonded to a spirit of jealousy, that's made agreement with a spirit of jealousy, God. We, We ask right now that you would reveal that by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, do it in my heart, do it in every person's heart in this room who is willing to have more of you and less of themselves. Would you just show us right now the places in our heart that surrendered to a spirit of jealousy? 
Thank you, Jesus. Just show us right now. Show us the people that, that we've used to make that agreement. Show us where that agreement began. And Lord, as, as I'm looking at that person or those people or the organization, right now I just choose to speak blessing over them. I speak blessing over them. No matter what it costs me and my pride, my dignity, my, my own false spirituality, my false humility, I bless them right now in Jesus' name. I, I pray your best, God, over them. And Lord, as I bless them, I choose to agree right now that you have a perfect and unique plan for my life that's hidden only in relationship with you. I refuse to waste my time being motivated by jealousy. I repent of anywhere jealousy has hooked its veins into my heart. I repent right now. I cast it off. Hey, I'm free right now. Lord, and I, I believe right now that you're going to propel me forward into the calls that you have for my life because of the freedom that's happened today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. We're just going to sing to the Lord, and, and if you want prayer for anything, come up and get prayer. But let's just engage God in the freedom he's given us today.